Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I'm Batman. For this is a Fred Downing Productions podcast. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yes. I'm Batman. Yes. I'm, I'm the better man. I'm the, I'm the better man. <laughs> the better man. Better Batman. The better Cue Batman. the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh, Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Whoa, we're going to have Loud noises! Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. I'm Kendall Richardson. And I'm not delayed, Michael Lister. <laughs> For the people watching, Kendall's a little bit delayed. But we yes. will push on. We will push on and persevere. Yeah, because you, of course, are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of two people, not three. We miss you, Fulia. Mm. Yeah, no Fulia this week, but uh, that doesn't mean she's not in the show. Um, and in the description, ha- and which in I the need description. to edit, I know. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> she's practically here. She has left us her thoughts on almost every single thing Um on the docket for today so i'm very happy to see it and can't wait to get to her thoughts as well as ours on everything going on so um yeah i suppose we'll just dive right in shall we yes we shall we shall all right weekly watchings full year kicks it off um with a couple of massive paragraphs which i'll read out Um, She goes, I may not be here live, but I did want to share my watchings for this past week. Didn't really watch much, to be honest, but that's not a bad thing. Marvel Studios assembled the making of Wakanda Forever is now up on Disney Plus and I watched it. It was a touching tribute to Chadwick and how the family of Black Panther came together to create a film about loss and mourning, but then adding in the new beginnings. I really enjoyed it. And it definitely got me a little emotional listening to the cast and crew talk about the making of the movie. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch this yet. Um, Have you, Mike? I have. And it was very sweet and touching. Yes. Yes. I imagine there's there's a a lot of feels um, contained within. Um, Hopefully I'll get time to watch it this week. And the other thing she mentions, she goes, I also started watching a Korean Netflix series called Tomorrow. According to IMDb, it's an action-slash-comedy-slash-drama about a person who accidentally becomes half-human, half-spirit, and is employed by the Grim Reapers of the Underworld to carry out special missions. Ah. I've watched the... Yeah, it sounds interesting. I've watched the first two episodes so far, and I can say now that it is heavy on the negative mental health topics. There's different jobs for Grim Reapers to do, but the team in the show focuses on are Reapers who save lives. The way they save those lives is a bit unorthodox, but it somehow works. Topics the show touches on include suicide, bullying, self-harm, and just very negative thoughts. It's quite a it's a quite triggering sorry it's quite a triggering show. If you've dealt with those sorts of mental health uh, topics in the past or are currently going through them now, but I am finding the series really interesting and eye-opening. You definitely need to watch something light like a comedy to cleanse the brain afterwards. Ooh. Okay. 
Interesting. That is, um, yeah, that's some heavy stuff for Leah. Wow. Um, yeah, but that sounds, yeah, it sounds really good. I might actually look into that one. Um, I kind of, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the best, we always go on about it in the show, about how, you know, our fantasy and sci-fi are just, you know, the best ways to reflect our world back at us. Um, you know, or, you know, tell human stories through different means. And, uh, yeah, um, that's, yeah, that sounds very intriguing. Very nice. Thank you for your thoughts. Um, Michael, what have you been watching? Hello. Uh, nothing is um, uh, deep and meaningful like that. Um, we didn't have an episode of The Last of Us uh, this Mm-mm. week, unfortunately, because Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, but... Uh, I made up with watching the final fourth season of uh, Legend of Korra. Okay. Which, which I know you probably haven't seen all, Kendall, because that's what you I haven't said last seen week. any of it yet. Yeah. No. So I will not pass judgment. I will not. I'll, I'll not divulge if I like it or not. I just want you oh. to experience it like with fresh, fresh eyes and, okay. and nothing from me. But I will say, um, after it, I did a little deep dive of the production of it, and yeah, I've got a little bit more of an understanding on certain aspects of the uh, overarc of the show. So okay, maybe down the track when you have seen it, no, no rush, but when you have seen it, we may want to talk about it. Yeah, cool. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, also on Netflix. Um, uh, I was just skim- skimming through it and <clears throat> excuse me and one movie that I haven't seen in a while and I think you know what it's about time to introduce my kids to it is uh Back to the Future. Um, yeah. Yeah, Back to the Future was uh, it, it was about to leave Netflix so I thought ah while well, I'm here so we watched we watched that one and proceeded to watch the other two as well because me and my me and my wife, we really enjoy the uh, trilogy that is the Back to the Future, and yeah, the kids sort of enjoyed it. But you know, some more viewings, and they'll probably get get to enjoy it a bit more. But here nor there. Uh, mm. And having having said that, I've watched. I, I don't think I've seen it in a while, and I think I have a new theory about it. That. Oh, yeah. Something to do, uh, uh, something that Doc does, where I sort of have a little bit more of an appreciation for the storytelling aspect. It's not necessarily what the uh, makers uh, were intending, but I sort of saw it as Doc is sort of a figure that has already lived through. Um, Marty going back in time and meeting him for the first time, mm-hmm. and I see it as a as a time loop. I don't know why, but him meeting Marty for the first time was when Marty w- went back in time, and so because mm. um, I'm a bit uh, I'm a fan of uh, John Delaney and Mulaney and his stand up, and one of his stand up routines is the. How did this? Mo- how did Back to the Future get made? It's so it's so questionable, and how come this teenager befriended a eighty year old scientist that is sort of out there and wacky and and 
and people say, don't go near him, he's dangerous and stuff. And it's like, how did they become friends? And I, mm. and I think I found the answer. It was Ori Prodane. Yeah. It, it's the, um, it's the uh, boot leather theory where it's already happened and is happening at the same time. And so, and so, and Doc has always, um, has always been indebted to Marty. And because he essentially saved his life and also gave him the idea of the time machine. And, and so the time machine has already been built. And so he studied a time machine that's already been built. So it's just a continued loop. Yeah. Because I'm not, <laughs> I like, there's an, there's a fan theory of um, the reason why Doc actually was standing in front of the time machine when it was going when uh, Einstein was in it, and when this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Mm. And the theory is he's suicidal. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> because he does because he doesn't know if it was going to work or not, and yeah. if it didn't, it would run down Doc and Marty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's a funny thing to talk about, but I don't want Doc to be suicidal. So I sort of uh, debunked that by thinking, well, his whole life has actually been set up to make Marty go back in time to meet him in the past for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is my theory, and I think I might write an essay on it. (laughs) (laughs) You should. You should. Yeah, yeah. It makes total sense because he, yeah, he would have known that it was going to work and it wasn't going to be any other way around that. And he's been studying it for the five, for the eight days that he, that Marty was back in time and also with the time machine that's been buried underneath, underneath ground and he Mm. had to rebuild it twice. So of course he has the memory of it. Yeah. And he had to yeah. wait until the DeLorean was invented and also <laughs> waiting until Marty was the proper age because he knew the date to take him back in time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I also, it made me think, like, um, you know, Marty meets, like, Doc, so Doc meets Marty in 1955 for the first time, but Marty already obviously knows Doc, right? Yeah, but then you go you go to nineteen you know the nineteen eighties, and Marty meets Doc for the first time, but Doc already knows Marty. <laughs> so yeah. I, it's yeah, I really like that. <laughs> it's great. Ugh, that's awesome, Mike. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm here for Back to the Future meta discussions. That's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Because um, because that mm-hmm. line in um in Endgame of <laughs> sort of irked me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit. No, no, no. Your, mo- your movie is bullshit <laughs> because the filmmakers couldn't agree. <laughs> the directors or the writers on how time <laughs> time travel worked. <laughs> no, no. Um. So you said you you showed it to your kids, yes. Yeah, how did they react? How did uh, how did Zelda react? Um, didn't really react that much. It was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I'll go back to my iPad. I was like, damn. 
Try, <laughs> try again later. Try again soon, yeah. <laughs> nice. Watch it every year. <laughs> yeah, make it a tradition. Until it sinks in. Yes. Birthday yes. tradition, because it's February. Yeah. And that's basically what I've been watching, except for the stuff that we're about to talk about. So what about you, Kendall? Yes, well, um, the last seven days have probably been the slowest in terms of me watching things, like, ever. Uh, I went back to work this week, so I had a lot on uh, at work and outside of work, so I haven't really had a chance to watch, like, anything. Um, The only thing I did watch, apart from the two things we're going to be talking about later, as you just mentioned, Mike, uh, I managed to finish watching the playthrough of The Last of Us Part 1. Oh. Um, Yes. So, I know how this... Well, season one. I shouldn't say the story ends because there's obviously more, but um, I know how season one's going to end if they do decide to end it. I mean, they've been pretty clear and said that it's going to be... Season one's going to be the first game, but Mm. there's definitely things they could do, I suppose. But the, the way the finale played out in the game was... It felt like I was watching a season finale of something. So, um, yeah, it's four. There's some, there's some things coming. Don't, don't, don't in the heat. Don't know. <laughs> I no. won't say what they are. I won't say what they are. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Um, I really liked it. I cried again another couple of times um, <laughs> over some things. Um, there was one thing in there in particular that floored me absolutely and in a surprising unexpected way um so when when they do that in the show i'm sure they're gonna do it in the show when they do do it in the show i'll i'll bring it up when we talk about it on the show here but yeah yeah fantastic and i also found out um i didn't realize they're actually going to be uh adapting the dlc of part one uh, left behind. Um, so not this week's episode, but the next week's episode is going to be around that. Um, it's sort of a, it's basically the story of how Ellie got bit and realized she wasn't, uh, you know, she, she wasn't an, an infected or she was, she's infected, but she's not, you know, she's immune or whatever. Hmm. Um, so it goes into that. So I'm looking forward to that as well uh so we've got that coming um but yeah it was it was amazing yeah i just i I, how is this i I literally turned to my friend adam as we were watching it i'm just like i can't believe this is a video game (laughs) (laughs) like especially because for me i grew up playing crash bandicoot which is produced by naughty Naughty dog Dog, yeah (laughs) and here i am here i am 25 years later watching this gameplay uh, and watching this TV show based on a game made by the same company, and it's just mind blowing. But you know, the fact that we've we went from Pong to The Last of Us, like, oh, human evolution, man! Mm. I swear to God, I swear to God, it's just yeah, the power of humanity. It's incredible. Um, yeah, so that's it from me in terms of my watching. Not not a lot to report, um, but uh, but yeah. We've got some stuff to talk about coming up. So, speaking of, let's dive right in to the week that was in the nerdy news. Hey, 
This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. All right, so we got some Marvel news to start. Um, Marvelous. <clears throat> Marvelous, yes, and more specifically about the Marvels themselves. Um, so we were supposed to be getting the Marvels, which is a sequel of sorts to three different projects, Captain hmm. Marvel, WandaVision, and Ms. Marvel. Um, and it's supposed to be coming out uh, on the 28th of July, but it has been delayed uh, Disney will now be releasing uh, the Marvels in cinemas on the 10th of November. Uh, we got a poster uh, that came with this announcement that looked pretty cool. Um, the tagline I really liked, a higher, further, faster, together. Um, I thought that was nice. Uh, it was a very, it's a very pretty poster. If you haven't looked at it, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, no reason was given for the delay, although I... I'm starting to believe it's all to do with uh, certain movements and certain things that Bob Iger and Kevin Feige have been saying over the last week or so. Uh, Kevin Feige gave an interview with Entertainment Weekly, uh, and in that interview, he kind of commented on the just the 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 high quality, sorry, the high quantity, <laughs> quantity, not quality, quantity of things that. Uh, Marvel Studios uh, put out during Phase 4 over the last two years and just how packed it was and he's made remarks just kind of talking about how uh, they want to focus on spreading things out and like regenerating the hype and the excitement and giving projects a chance, like individual projects a chance to shine more instead of getting lost in the whole you know, the whole run of things Yeah, within the ether yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and on that, um, I also read that <laughs> apparently now we may, as in terms of series this year, we may only be getting Loki season two and Secret Invasion. Um, they haven't, they haven't even given us release dates for those, and I think that again is connecting to this thing. There it seems like they're doing a lot of thinking, a lot of restructuring, a lot of planning. Uh, about the way they want things to look going forward. Um, now that they've They've done a whole phase where they've gone, okay, now we have Disney Plus, this is what we can do, this is what worked, this is what didn't. And one of the, I think one of the fe- like main feedback things from fans has been the overwhelming amount of content um, that has been probably a little too much. I will even admit that. Because um, it's hard to kind of remember everything that's going on, especially now when they're trying to build a universe that's connected between the films and the TV shows. Um, so I'm glad that they're taking the time to step back and analyze and care. It sucks that the Marvels has been pushed to the end of the year, but it will be worth the wait. I have no doubt about that. Um, I just, you know, really want a release date for Secret Invasion because that's supposed to be starting soon. And they, we haven't gotten a second trailer. We don't have a release date. So, and yeah, I think that's definitely related to this. So yeah, lots of Marvel happening in the just out of this one little release date change um michael do you have any thoughts on on what i've kind of i guess extrapolated from from this or or any other theories from you um no probably the same um it uh spreading it too thick and then yeah just getting lost like 
Um, and the concept of like re uh, rewatch value, um, like tell you the truth, I actually haven't watched anything like again, which is a bit difficult because I've only mm. seen like Wonder Vision once. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier once, Loki once, and that's pretty much one of my fa- favorite favorite ones. Mm. But, and I probably put in a, a, another rewatch before number two comes out. But yeah, it's and having a look at like not necessarily uh, Disney, uh, well within Disney because you got Mandalorian coming out very soon and all the Star Wars stuff coming out and also other TV shows. That are pretty pretty much going gangbusters. I mean, we you don't want to get lost in the source, and I can understand that. Just give them room to breathe and and make sure that everyone can actually digest it and don't need the don't need the Gaviscon. Yes, and get the acid reflux happening. Mm. So, and it also. Um, and also the uh, visual effects is also also you can actually um, get that get that up and running because we all know the story yeah. behind, behind that and people like running to the deadline of actually getting this done done in time. But I think with the movies they they make it more of a priority for the movies than they do with the TV shows. So maybe they'll just uh, have that have that balance and make it as good as it possibly can be which i don't mind because yeah uh, i don't want to get the fatigue don't want to get the kevin fatigue (laughs) no no we definitely do not uh that is that is correct um cool all right well crossing the pond now to dc uh, for a quick little thing, um, on Valentine's Day, we were gifted with the first glimpse of Lady Gaga in Joker Folia Deux. Uh, it's a close-up shot of her with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, Arthur Fleck. Um, absolutely no context. <laughs> <laughs> no context whatsoever. We have no idea what's going on in this picture although they, their faces are quite close together, so that some kind of revelation or intimate moment is occurring. Um, and uh, Gaga's hair looks, you know, it's pulled back, but it's like a little disheveled in, in, in parts, so it's just, yeah, it's got me wondering what's, what's going on. Uh, we still don't have confirmation that she's Harley Quinn, but I feel like that's a foregone conclusion now anyway. Um, <laughs> but they, they're not going to come out and say it until the last possible moment, it seems. Um, Best worst kept yeah. secret. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's obvious. It's It's got to be here. Um, so I can't wait for that. But yeah, it was it was nice to have a little you know, a little thing just to get excited over for, for a second. But uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really give away anything at all um yeah but uh i don't know we'll see they're filming i I don't know if they've finished filming yet i think they might still be filming so there'll probably be more things to to come uh obviously 
we'll get a trailer at some point later this year, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't, because I don't think this is this isn't coming out until we end towards the end of next year, if, if memory serves. October 2024, I think it was. Mm. Um, a whole five years after the first one. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was nice, brief, quick, little. I'll take it. Crumbs. I'll take them. Mike, do you have any thoughts on this first image of Gaga? in uh, Joker 2? Yeah, it definitely looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, just when the first movie, like when the um, concept stuff coming out of like just Joaquin, just with just with him with his unkept hair and all that, and so you can definitely see like they're going for an aesthetic and and this is no exception that uh yeah it's it's pretty much it looks like a love story between between two people and how uh one person has been manipulated and or are, are they being manipulated it depends on what story they they're going to get they're going to tackle this from because i am a i am a fan of the um the animated harley quinn uh show and they definitely do um, make it in the sand that she is learning to be her own uh, villain sort of slash antihero sort of person, her own her own identity, and and that's pretty good. So who knows what this movie is going to do? But you can definitely see uh, for the people who are, who know the story and and the characters that they that they are portraying. Is definitely a real toxic relationship, and you can definitely see it's like, oh, this is going, this is, this is going to be like really interesting, and in how and how they portray their sort of um, love in quotation marks, and also it's going to be a musical, so it's <clears throat> it's got that on top of it, and yeah, it's um. When the first one came out, people were sort of umming and ahhing. It's like, do we really need this? Because, you know, we, we've already got our Joker. we got Jared Leto Joker. It's like, well, this can be its own thing. And and it turned out to be a, a, a very interesting um, experiment because it's it's harking back of, like, uh, Martin Corsese films like Taxi Driver and, and uh, King of Comedy, that sort of thing. And... What's this one going to be? Is it going to be a Martin Corsese film, but with um, a musical aspect? So, Bye Bye Birdie, or <laughs> or we don't know. But and this is just coming from one 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 photo, and how yeah, the photo just says a lot without saying well anything. And I'm mm. for it. Really, it looks really interesting. Yeah, it really, it really, really does. I, I, I mean, I don't think this movie needs to exist just anyway because the first, like, I know you just said, like, you know, people were like saying the same thing about the first Joker before it came out, which is again a fair criticism. Um, but then that movie turned out so fucking good, and it doesn't. I don't think that movie needs a sequel um, at all. But I. 
you know, I'm going to go into this one with a, an open mind and, and enjoy it, I'm sure. Um, and I'll be very grateful for it by the time I walk out of the cinema, I can imagine, especially because I'm such a big fan of Lady Gaga as well. Um, mm. but, but yeah, I would have totally been okay if this movie never got made. Um, just because the first one was near perfect for me. Like, in terms of how I felt about it and the way it was executed. So... I don't think there's anything to uh, add or improve upon uh, with it, but it looks like they have quite the story that they're going to share with us. So I, can, um, I am looking forward to it. Hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, moving on into our next item. Uh, we've got some, uh, let's see, with DreamWorks, DreamWorks related news, um, animated related news. We are going to be getting a live-action How to Train Your Dragon movie. Um, they've even gone so far as to give it a release date. Um, it's coming out uh, in 2025 on the 14th of March. Um, and the cool thing is, and this is the, you know, similar to yeah, The Last of Us in terms of the people involved with it, this, uh, the fact that they've got Dean Dubois, who worked on the original trilogy, the animated trilogy. Um, he's coming back to write, produce and direct this. So that gives me some hope. Um, but again, we don't need this. It's going to look amazing. Like I can picture it in my head. I'm like, it's going to be incredible because that first movie is, is wonderful. Um, the whole trilogy is absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I I'm look. I, I watch. I watch this. I hope it's good. I'm sure. I like. I have. I have confidences in it. But again, it's just another thing we just don't really seem to need. The only thing I'd be concerned about not working is like what the design of the dragons is going to be, because in the movies they're very, you know, they're not your Game of Thrones dragons. You know, they're they're not your Lord of the Rings dragons. They're they're like, you know, they have these beautiful big eyes and like you know they just they're they're more easily you know easy on the eyes i suppose uh for kids because it's a family you mm. know franchise um so it's very stylized very stylized yes yeah, the word i need thank you um so it's the question is how are they going to translate that to a way where we don't get like a sonic the hedgehog situation <laughs> with the the design on them um but i am curious i am very curious and then the other question is you know who's gonna be playing uh hiccup um because you know I, I don't i don't think jay baruchel will i will be reprising his role he voiced the character in the movies um but He's they like haven't 40 said now so probably not yeah it's not gonna work <laughs> they need someone they need someone young um so yeah or someone we'll, to play we'll young. see finn will so, some- there you go yeah, <laughs> Finn Wolfhard can be hiccup. Yeah, um, so we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, yeah, not necessary, but we're getting it. So strap in, I suppose. Um, Mike, have you seen the the films, and 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 how are you feeling? If so, about this. I think I've only seen half of the first one. Okay. So overall, none at all. So, this, <laughs> okay. is, this is about training dragons 
just like dragon heart is about open heart surgery i don't know um, <laughs> um getting original people to do do uh, a retelling or an adaptation of their own work um has worked every now and again sometimes it's not needed but um and also i did hear that the uh, original composer is actually coming back to do to the yeah composer thing as well that that makes that also makes me very excited because his score is incredible <laughs> mm. yeah so that's good they're they're getting like uh, the crew back and mm-hmm. maybe they'll do like what you said the last of us maybe the voice voice actors doing like a cameo role or or different different things yeah. and not necessarily playing their particular character um mm-hmm. otherwise sure i probably need to what watch the trilogy before before watching the actual thing so i can actually get it but and there's also a television show as well that mm, it's mm-hmm. on abc yeah yeah cool i haven't <laughs> i haven't seen the show at all but um you you would really like the movies if you uh sat down and gave them a go um mm. yeah they're really quite good though they yeah there's a some strong family story Mm. through them um yeah that will probably resonate with you a bit but um but yeah and it's just they're they're fun they're a good time yeah they're they're a very good time if you're if you're a cat person you'll definitely definitely enjoy it (laughs) because i know that's sort of little trivia thing that um the the dragon the main dragon yeah toothless toothless is based on a cat the, yeah like the uh movements of a of a cat that's sure. all i know that's all you know cool and they're vikings yeah northern northern slash celtic slash 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 yes hmm. slash slash very good slash Cool. All right. Well, for our last item in the news, speaking of Dean Dubois, um, we have some news regarding the uh, 2000 and, well, the 2002, that was the original one. Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch, if I can speak correctly. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> no, um, I like it. Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. Forgive me, Folia. My God, she's probably screaming she's at watching. me. Through th- she's watching. Oh, she's, she's watching. Oh, watching. God. <laughs> she's always watching. Oh, we've gone down <laughs> one viewer. It's probably her. Uh, yep. Yeah, she <laughs> she cracked it because I mispronounced it. Anyway, <laughs> we have an update in regards to the Lilo and Stitch live action movie that I forgot was announced. Apparently, Disney uh, confirmed it was in the works five years ago. And they were supposed to start filming uh, 2020. But uh, looks like it went by the wayside. Uh, we have our first bit of casting um, announced, and that is that Zach Galifianakis is going to be a part of the cast for this film. Now, again, we know nothing more than that. <laughs> That's all they've said. We don't know who he's playing. I 
I haven't. I still haven't seen Lilo and Stitch. Sorry, Fulian. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Um, so I can't even comment on anything really, other than to say I hope that Zach is not doing the voice of Lilo. But um, who knows? Or maybe Stitch. Who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Or me. No, sorry, I meant Stitch. Sorry. God, sorry, Fulia. No, no, um, no. It's, it's funny <laughs> if. If uh, Zach is playing a, a, a little eight-year-old <laughs> a little girl. girl, oh sorry, God, I meant I was I meant Stitch and I said Lilo. Anyway, I'm the worst. I'm the worst Disney fan ever. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. Don't know when the movie's coming out. They haven't given us a release date uh, yet. But now that they've started casting, I suppose we'll get more news uh, in the coming months. But um, but yeah. I I'm gonna make sure. I promise. I'm putting. I'm saying it now because it's going on a recording and it's going out into the internet. I will watch Lilo and Stitch before this live action comes out. I will endeavour to. Yeah. I know that's. I make it sound like it's a lot harder than it should be, but. <laughs> I know it's, it's on Disney Plus, and you've got Disney Plus. And I've got Disney Plus. I literally could just you know turn you off right now and go watch it. And the TV show. Yeah, could do the whole thing. Could do yeah. the whole thing. Yes. Um, Mike, do you have any thoughts or theories on, on Mr. Galifianakis joining this movie? Mm, possibly playing an alien. Uh, could be anyone. Yep. Mm. But doing the voice. So... Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting live action. And hopefully they'll do more... Uh, puppetry than CGI because it sort of calls for it. I can I can imagine like Jim Henson uh, company doing doing majority of the uh, uh, of the of the animatronics. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. Actually, I agree. Yeah, because they sort of did something similar. Uh, for one of the rides at Disneyland where they made like an animatronic um, stitch and it looks pretty cool. And But how would that interact with a child actor? Don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, I mean, they made Grogu work pretty successfully. True. But, you know, he's acting point. alongside someone who doesn't have a face. So, <laughs> yeah. Harder. Yeah. I can imagine E.T. sort of style. Yeah. yeah. Sort of being in awed by the spectacle of, of the alien than the actual kid. But that relationship, it's got to work somehow. Yeah, because if that I doesn't work, then, yeah, then they don't what? have a movie. Then what the point? Yeah, literally. What 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 the point? What the point, Disney? What what is point? What <laughs> what is the point? What is the point? Exactly. Mm. Asking the right questions. Yes. Not, not right. in the right order. Not in the right order. <laughs> what point yes. is? What point is? Hmm. Indeed. Alright, well I think that might do it for the Nerdy News, I reckon. I think we've covered Is what point? What what we <laughs> we covered what we came to cover. Yes. Um, 
Yes, so that means it's now time to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Yes, okay. Trailer park time. And boy, do we have an epic trailer park for you guys today. Um, boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Um, so, as we mentioned much earlier in the show, the Super Bowl happened. Um, and one of How the. How super is it? <laughs> Pretty super. Um, one of the uh, upsides for us nerds about the Super Bowl is the fact that we get new trailers for things that come out um, because they get played during, you know, America's most watched event of the year, it seems, um, the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, it makes a ton of sense uh, to, uh, you know, advertise your upcoming projects. And uh, we were... We were just spoiled completely to the point where I didn't even have room for Indiana Jones. <laughs> it was an it's, Indiana Jones trailer. It wasn't. It was a. It was a spot. Oh, it was more of a spot. Okay, uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch. I didn't watch it to be honest because I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not going to be talking about it in the show, and I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to. I don't need to watch it. I don't. You know, like to go in more. F- blind i yeah. suppose yeah um but yes but anyway so we're gonna start trailer park with our thoughts of course on the new trailer this latest trailer for guardians of the galaxy volume three Ha! Huh. so i've seen this trailer twice now um and i teared up both times hmm. <laughs> especially on the second watch uh for some reason so um yeah this is i i part of me has a feeling that this might have been the trailer they showed at comic-con in the room at hall h that didn't come out um but i'm not entirely sure if that's true just because i remember people talking about it at the time being you know this hugely emotional thing and you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's super uh, affecting. Um, yeah, it, it, it shows us a little bit more of what maybe the story is. I mean, we get obviously, uh, you know, a bit more Gamora in this trailer, um, you know, and some funny moments with her and, and Nebula, um, that kind of bookend this trailer. But then in the middle of it, you've got all of this stuff with like, you know, kind of sort of introducing the high evolutionary as the villain, the antagonist of the piece. Um, Adam Warlock only appears in this trailer for a brief couple of moments. Um, so I'm, 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 I have this kind of theory for some reason that he, he might come good at the end. I don't know. Like he's not, he's, he seems to be, I don't know. The way the trailer's making it look like at least is that, he, he's working for the High Evolutionary, not mm. Aisha. That's the vibe I got. Um, also, the High Evolutionary created Rocket, or at least enhanced him to the be- the you know to become the being that he is. Um, so that shit made me cry as well. <laughs> hmm. um, and then just a lot of the the action set pieces were great um, in this trailer too. It visually looked amazing. 
but it was just so many of these emotional moments that you're seeing these quotes about, you know, like what, what the Lion Rocket said in the first trailer and now in this one about, you know, into the forever and beautiful sky and all this. And, um, and the music, it was the music though. And I know this, these movies have like, obviously we know that the music has played a key role in the promotion of the films and in the films themselves. And this trailer had this song, Since You've Been Gone, by Rainbow. Um, and it was this orchestral mix of it. And the way they used that set over, you know, the action scenes, set over the, the, the these moments of sheer grief and agony you can see on some of the characters faces like peter quill like mantis like drax there's even a quick shot of him tearing up at one point i was just overcome with emotion watching this trailer uh could not help it um so yeah this is going to be a this is going to be a rough one <laughs> mm-hmm. for 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 us but it's going to be i think it's going to be good i really really hope so i'm trying not to get my expectations too high based on what I watched a few days ago. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, before I throw to you, Mike, I'll just quickly read Fulia's thoughts. Um, she says, Gamora dies a second time, calling it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and why is Nebula carrying Peter as if he's dead? Or maybe he's just knocked out. Either way, it doesn't look good for Star-Lord. Yeah, you're not wrong. Passed out um, because he was in the pub. He was in the pub. He had too much to drink. Um, we had that shot in the first trailer as well of them, of them, that slow motion walking with her carrying him. Um, I doubt they would be putting a shot of him in the trailer if that's him dead. Um, (laughs) but it is Marvel and they have known to misdirect before and it would be so ballsy for them to actually do that (laughs) in a trailer and have no one, you know, some people obviously Fulia, you know, thinking like their brains going that way but you know uh, yeah it'd be it'd be insane if that's actually what that is i don't think it is but i yeah wow yeah something's gonna happen to star lord something's gonna happen to all they're all gonna fucking die it's just gonna be groot at the end and yeah we're just gonna groot and rocket because they're they're the easiest ones to bring back oh yeah fair enough yeah well thank you fulia um, Mike, I'm so keen for your thoughts on this. What did you make of this trailer? Um, I think the previous one was a bit more emotional um, take okay. than this one. This one definitely okay. had a lot, a lot more fun and a lot more jokey jokes, uh, and some that seems like it's going to be needed within this um, volume of number three. And yeah. yeah, it's it's sort of more piecing together of what what the story is going to be, like uh, something to do with uh, creation, like uh, so uh, definitely with at the ending of the second one where the um, Adam Warlock sort of Easter egg at the end, and how how finding something that's uh, perfect. Like creating something like the perfect being, and um, and the uh, yeah, 
I'm very looking forward to this, and it's going to be very upsetting because it's the end of um, yeah James Gunn in the near future. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably going to come back, but probably not within a couple of couple of years. But it's definitely going to be an ending of uh, this these ragtag of assholes. <laughs> Yeah. And out of all the Marvel stuff, Guardians was definitely one of my favourites and uh, did not expect that to be because no. I only watch Marvels uh, just because of this uh, podcast that I do, really. <laughs> it's obligated for me to watch everything from Marvel. But I do get uh, bits and pieces of, of enjoyment, but my all-time favourite is definitely... Um, guardians and how and how they sort of became more and more like um, an emotional attachment that I have, especially with the storytelling of definitely with family and what is your family and who do you consider to be family and it looks like they're still going down the same route of creation so it would be like the first movie was about his rela- uh, Star Lord. Uh, Peter Quill's relationship with his mother and how he's dealing with the grief of her death and the second one is definitely with his father and ego and and dealing with um, like your parental figure and and your choice of who your father would be and that great line of he may be your father but he's not your daddy and it's such, and that line just really hit home for me because it came out at a time where I was a father for the first time, and I was not sure of how to be a father because, uh, not to get emo- uh, not to get personal, but uh, my relationship with my father is pretty much non-existent. So how do I become a father? And it was the same year that Logan came out, so I got a double whammy of how to be a father and shit. So, <laughs> and. Yeah, so it definitely has that emotional roller coaster that I've had and an emotional connection. And this one will probably be the same of of maybe Peter's learning to be a dad for some reason or being a proper leader and finally growing up and letting go of like uh his attachments to his past and being more into the future like like no more travel dolls, no more like things that reminded him of um, that he has his ties with the with the planet Earth, which mm. maybe he'll retire and and finally go back to Earth and just meet up with his granddad. Who knows what will happen? So I'm looking forward to this. And when will it be coming out, Kendall? Yes. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be in theatres here in Australia on the 4th of May. So 4th Star of May. Wars Day. Yes, 4th of May. Which is kind of su- suiting because apparently there's a cameo from Mark Hamill for some reason. Oh, that's oh is, he, is he reprising his cameo from the holiday special? <laughs> Possibly. 
Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, I did. A Ravenger was just drinking. Yeah, I did recognize in the, this trailer, you know, certain shots from the um, uh, from nowhere. Um, yeah, from the Christmas special. So um, yeah. Yeah, and Cosmo. Good. Cosmo. And Cosmo. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward to to more Cosmo. Um, mm. For sure. Okay. Let's and Nebula with eyebrows. Nebula with eyebrows? Did I not notice she she has eyebrows in this? <laughs> Possibly. It's like oh, the first Jesus. thing that I saw. I was like, hmm. You look different. You have eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And a shiny uh, red sword. Completely went over, went, went over my head then. <laughs> I was too busy crying. I couldn't see through my tears. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eh, speaking of tears, let's move on to our second trailer for uh, this week. And uh, that is our first full-length trailer for The Flash. Uh. Finally. <laughs> okay, so, Fulia says, these are her thoughts, uh, hmm, two Barry Allens and two Bruce Waynes. This will be interesting. Not 100% sure I will watch it come the release, but I might check it out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, you should. I, I think you should watch it, but I don't know if... Actually, Fulia, I don't know if you will understand a bunch of it if you haven't seen other... This looks like one of those movies where you have to have prior knowledge going in, Yeah, I think. Um, based on the trailer anyway. So you might, if you want to watch it, you might have to do some research first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Man of Steel. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman. Yeah. Justice League. Both, the Snyder both, Cut. Both copies. Uh, <laughs> both. Uh, Batman 89. Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. Um, Batman Forever? Oh, Sorry, um, begins. Returns? No, t- returns, yeah. Yes, returns. Too many fucking Batman. <laughs> Stupid Batman. <laughs> and also the first Superman, because no, no doubt they're going to make a reference to Reeves' Superman is actually the oh. Superman of, of the, of the uh, Burton verse. Michael Keaton, yeah. I don't know. Far out. If they do that, I'll... I will lose it. I will. No, I, ha- I think I have a fear. I think I have a theory, and it could be true. Okay. Do you want to say that now, or shall we get go through my thoughts and then? Sure. Um, you won't. The, ori- you won't fig- the original yeah, um, Flashpoint uh, book is the the change of the timeline is uh, Bruce Wayne uh, dies, mm-hmm. and and the the person that survives is his is his mum and um dad uh, dad, uh thomas and martha wayne uh mm-hmm. martha wayne to martha wayne turns into the joker for some reason and uh thomas wayne turns into the batman but a more um revengeful batman mm-hmm. and they'll probably do something to do with michael keating keating having that sort of thing I don't, I don't know why, but 
maybe this is going to be Thomas Wayne. But as an older Thomas Wayne. Wait, wait, wait. So you think Michael Keaton might actually be playing Thomas Wayne and not Bruce Wayne? I I don't know. Maybe. No, that's interesting. Hence why in this alternative version it's a it's a different Batman who's who's Batman. So it's a Batman, but we don't know if it's a Bruce Wayne or a Thomas Wayne. So True, that's true. I I really like that theory. Um but depends what's under that cow. I don't <laughs> I don't think Warner Brothers is game enough to do that. <laughs> They're game enough to destroy the entire universe <laughs> and reset. True, but that seems like a safer bet than uh, the first time we see uh, Michael Keaton wearing the cape and cowl and it's not even fucking Bruce Wayne. Can you imagine how many people will <laughs> rage? <laughs> If it's if it's Thomas instead of Bruce, <laughs> that's the thing that they rage about. I th- well, I think so. Well, hmm. uh, apart from whatever else is going on with this this movie and uh, other things, but yeah, I don't know. I feel yeah. like there'll be ba- there there will be uproar if it's yeah. not Bru- if it's not Bruce Wayne because then it's not the it's not the Michael Keaton Batman from eight. It's not Batman eighty nine. That's what we want to see. That's what we've waited to see. So if they didn't give us that, I would I would applaud them so much if they made took that leap and was like and were like let's be more faithful maybe to the source material in that sense, um, but I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they've got the guts to do that. Maybe I don't know. I just I, I like just I like the theory. Yeah, I just can't I can't see how they explain why Bruce Wayne looks so different. Like I don't I don't think. Uh, ben Affleck turns into Michael Keaton in in 30 years. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I don't well, see that's again, I don't even think my I don't even think Michael Keaton Batman in this is this is just older Ben Affleck. I don't think that's the case. Mm. At all. I th- I think it's a I think it's like a um Loki Sylvie situation where they just they're the yeah. same individual but they look completely different that's what i that's where my head is they do mention dimensions so it could be a different dimension and not necessarily a different timeline yeah that is a that is a very good point um but somehow zod's in it that's great well yeah (laughs) that's yeah well that's because that's the interesting thing it's like trying to unpack i feel like well, first off, I really like this trailer, and I'm just—I'm just—it just made me really disheartened because ah, uh, this can't, this can't, this movie cannot be as good as it looks because of the way things are going and have gone. I just—I if it, if it is, I'm just going to be so upset about it. Um, but but yeah, there's a lot going on in this trailer. I think that I think Batfleck, that scene with him—that's at the start of the movie. I, I think that's before Barry does anything stupid um, yeah. and, you know, breaks shit. Um, but, yeah, somehow he breaks it to a point where Zod is still alive um, and there's a, a world with no metahumans and 
the way the trailer made it seem is that that's where, you know, uh, Michael Keaton comes into it. And then somehow Kara Zor-El fits into this story as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, but I also do... do It kind of also made me think of uh, WandaVision or the Multiverse of Madness in the sense of, you know, Michael Keaton's voiceover at the start of this trailer is talking about, like, you know, of all the universes, why do you want to save this one, you know? And Barry's like... Because this is one where my this is a universe where my mum's alive, you know. Mm. Um, so I'm glad they're doing that, like uh, eponymous story of the Flash. You know, the fact that he loses his mother and um, you know tries to fix it um, because he figures out that he can, uh, even though he shouldn't. But so I like the fact that yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, you know Wanda's journey through WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness, especially trying to you know, be with her kids, find a universe with her kids. So now we've got Barry who's trying to get to a world with his mum where his mum exists and then everything just goes to shit. Um, but yeah, it looks epic. It looks really good. Um, it looks like there's going to be a lot of emotion in this. Um, I mean, but I, I'm obviously here for Michael Keaton <laughs> in hmm. this one. Um, they, the fact that they played the Danny Elfman score in this trailer was... That that moment where he just goes, yeah, I'm Batman, and then the the score really kicks in as he's like, you know, flying and doing whatever, and I just fucking lost it. I was like, this is this is incredible. I can't believe, I can't believe we're watching this um, in the year yeah. of our Lord, 2023. Like, what the hell? Never would have thought this would happen. Where 89 Batman can actually fight. Yeah, that's. That's the other interesting thing is that on the rewatch of this trailer, I kind of jerried a bit more that his this scene where we see Kara, you know, flying around beating people up, like you know, he's there as well in the middle yeah. of all this action. So in yeah, um, what the hell? In daylight, I know it was that was weird, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and the bat planes here and. There, and we have we have not one Barry Allen, but we have two Barry Allens, as as fully mentioned as well. So uh, that's also interesting. And we well, we knew that was happening because that was from the the first footage we got last year was showing the two. Um, yeah, I I just I hope that wherever Ezra Miller is, I hope they are. I I know apparently they are working on getting better, and and they are getting better, but. Hmm. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gonna taint the movie. It has tainted the movie, regardless. So it's just, I really hope they make a conscious effort when the film comes out, and you know, we still don't know if he, if, if they're gonna be allowed to promote this movie, if they will be doing interviews for this movie, and all of that stuff. I imagine so that'll happen, but it's gonna be interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's Hollywood. They'll probably forgive forgive them for everything, you know, especially because... Yeah, it's Hollyweird. Hollyweird, yeah. But anyway, it's a good... It was a great, great trailer, um, and I, I really hope the movie is, is, is incredible. I hope it doesn't ruin Batman 89 in any sense. Not, I, not that it will, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Cautiously optimistic about certain mm. things. Um, 
Michael, your your overall thoughts, your your theories. What do you what did you take away from this? How dare this trailer be so good? I know. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just gave me a lot of questions. It's like it's is it an alternative um, universe or is it a different timeline? Because you get the two two Barrys, so in this universe, in this universe timeline, uh, he, uh, there's another Barry Allen, so he can't really stay in this universe because you can't have two Barrys. And I like the and I do <laughs> I do like the subtle hints that the other Barry is a younger Barry, but he's dressed all in yellow, and we know what that means, don't we? Yeah. So yeah. Secretly the bad guy, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but you calling it here first. Reverse flash. Confirmed. And yeah, yeah. Um and in this universe there's no Superman. So therefore Zod has no has no uh person no up against him. him. So Yeah. Hmm. And and there, there is another thing that I've heard as well that uh, Barry needs, and there's no soup, uh, there's no Batman either. So Barry had to go over to another universe to get a Batman. <laughs> so he just went over to Burton Universe. Is that well, why can't it be the Schumacher verse? You know, you got then you can get get George Clooney. Oh. Come on, reprise, reprise role and redeem. Come on. We're all yeah. about forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we are. Yeah. So, and yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of things in the fire, but it looks like it's 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 doable. And and and, and the director Machete is is always good. I I did it. I I did yeah. enjoy um, it chapter two, and with yeah. all its flaws, I mean, still still it was a it was a good romp. And it, yeah, it's he makes he makes a good balance. So, um, it, Gun, if you're watching James Gun, make sure you keep you keep this man. He's he's a good, yeah. he's a good director, and he it is. looks like and and this looks like a, a DC movie that that will be a good one. Uh, with all its baggage, of course, but who knows what's going yeah. to happen at the end? And and James Gunn has actually praised this as like, yes, I really enjoy this. You should go and mm -hmm. watch it. And he hasn't really said that for Shazam, but that, whoops. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Mm. Anyway, so when is this yeah. uh, going to be reversed? into the cinema candle. <laughs> yes. Going well, backwards. Um, going backwards. Um, so, uh, n not an Australian date that I could see just yet, but in the US it's dropping in theatres on the 16th of June, so we'll probably get it on the 15th, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yes. Or a month early, come on. Or a month, yeah, give it to us early. <laughs> yeah. We'll be the guinea pig. Test the waters. Test the waters. Test the waters. Test the waters. All right. We got uh, two more trailers to talk about uh, before we move on. Um, this next one is for an upcoming Apple TV Plus film. 
uh, starring Taron Egerton, and it is about Tetris. Um, Tetris. I I I really like this trailer. Um, it showed a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not entirely mad at it because the way it was constructed was it was well edited and well put together. I thought, um, but I I loved. <laughs> it's so funny the part at the beginning when he's like so enthusiastically talking about how great Tetris is. Um, and the fact that he's like, you know, even after he stopped playing, he's seeing the shapes in his sleep. He's, um, <laughs> that shit is r- legit. Like, <laughs> I used to play Tetris religiously as a kid and even into ad- early adulthood. Um, and I would fall as- like, when I was trying to fall asleep, my, my eyes would be closed and I would see the bricks. You just mm. you just see them. It's it's insane. So whatever it is about Tetris, we're just staring at the same screen for you know hours. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So this kind of looks like the how Tetris went from being this game created by the Russians, which I didn't know that was a thing, um, to being you know a game that was distributed by Nintendo and then go going out and beyond into the world past that. Um, like the fact that we get a glimpse of like the first ever Game Boy <laughs> um, yeah. in this, that was, that was, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So no, it looks, it looks like a really fascinating story um, about trying to get this game out into the world. Um you know, and there's some political stuff going on here as well. Obviously, with America and Russia, it's the 80s. It's the middle of, you know, the Cold War is still going on. Um, that So that's, you know, the tensions are high. Um, but, um, Reagan yeah, and, and I, Gorbachev. Yeah, Reagan and Gorbachev. Yeah, yeah someone is playing Gorbachev in this movie. So uh, that's a thing we're going to get. Um, but, yeah, and just stylistically... It's really, really cool looking as well. Um, it's actually produced, co-produced by um, uh, Matthew Vaughan, who gave us, you know, Kingsman movies with Tara Negerton, um, and some of the best X-Men we've seen. So, um, yeah, so that's cool. And I also really liked the integration of uh, the 8-bit graphics um, in with the real stuff. I thought the way that they were doing that was 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 really cool and really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think I think it'll be all right. Um, Fulia says, "Ooh, this looks interesting. I grew up playing Tetris, so it'll be cool to see where it all began. Definitely want to watch it." And then she goes, "Hey, Kendall, winky face with the tongue poking out because I have Apple TV and she doesn't." Um, <laughs> yes, Fulia, you can come to my house and watch it. <laughs> Hey. We will make, we will, we will make a, a Tetris night of it. Um, yes, fantastic. Love to, love to have Fulia on board with this. This is awesome. Great, um, Michael. What did you think of the trailer for Tetris? I discovered this uh, uh, online, of course, and it looked really cool. It's just like I'm sort of half aware of the story of of trying to get like the uh, Tetris like out like out and ha- actually having the rights and the, and the, everything to do with that and also being a game that actually came with the first 
uh, Game Boy as well. So there's also mm. that game history as well. And I showed it to my wife because she's a big fan of uh, of the Edgerton, of Edgerton to Kitchen. One of her one of her boyfriends. And yes. And I said, and she said, oh, where where can we watch this? It's like, wow, it's on Apple. Apple TV Plus, which we don't have. It's like, ooh, free month, <laughs> free month thing. I think it's a week, but it's like, yeah, we, we got to get it when when it comes out. And there's like, okay, so when this comes out, I'll be what I'll be also watching uh, all the other stuff that I've been meaning to watch on Apple Plus because I haven't I haven't had the time and or the energy or the the wherewithal because I've got so many so Ted Lasso up first Hell as well yes so definitely going to be a um a date night movie but at home and then <laughs> because yeah my wife's a big Tetris fan and uh, even sure um, Nintendo actually released uh, the uh, games from uh game boy where you can it, when you have a, a membership you can actually play all the games that were that were on the um uh game boy and and i showed ah oh, cool and tetris was on there of course and she she's been playing it playing it relentlessly and i thought well we got the real thing it was like now nah, i got the switch but i want to play my game now and everyone's fighting over the switch <laughs> so anyway um when is this coming out so i can actually get us to watch this yes well uh tetris will be streaming on apple tv plus from the 31st of march um which is great considering ted lasso uh the third and potentially final season starts airing two weeks prior um so you could time it mike that you could wait for Ted Lasso season three to finish, and then you could do all of Ted Lasso and and Tetris. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. If I haven't got anything else better to watch, <laughs> need to time it perfectly. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Um, cool. All right, we got one more trailer to talk about, um, and uh, this is. I, I don't even know if Fulia watched this, but she has left us a comment for this one, which oh. I, which I, f I found very very hilarious. Um, I can't, I don't, I don't think she watched the trailer, but because based on what she said, um, she basically she says, nope. This is about Children of the Corn. I didn't specify Children of the Corn remake. She, Fulia goes, nope. This is nightmare fuel, and children are already annoying without the stabby stabbies. <laughs> What are you saying about my children? <laughs> uh, hashtag not all children. Um, <laughs> no. Better no. not. <laughs> start going after um, you. Yes, children. I'll start. Clearing. I'll start. I'll start bringing back old jokes that you don't like. Mm -hmm. Like. Oh yeah. Animal farm. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Yes, so Children of the Corn. Um 
remake. Uh, yeah, I ha- I actually haven't seen the original film. That's pretty I don't good. really know. It is. Hmm. Okay, that's good. A bit corny, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't really know much about the premise or the plot outside of the fact that you know it's about a bunch of kids uh, that like to kill adults. Um, and I'm guessing there is some kind of supernatural force involved as to why they do this and and whatnot. And you kind of see that in this trailer, that there's something lurking in the cornfields. Um, yeah, but no, it was a cool trailer. Um, I, it's been a minute since I've heard anyone do narration in a trailer yeah. like this. That was That was pretty sick. Um, That's why I suggested it. I thought, ooh, blast from the past, man. Blast from the past, yeah. Um, it was kind of a, an amalgamation between tr- old trailers and new trailers because at the same time you had that voiceover going on, you also had, um, I forget what song they use now, but they they took a modern uh, pop song or rock song and did that Slowed kind down of... Slowed the si- tempo and... Yeah, <laughs> they did... That trailer cliche, they did that. So they kind of combined yeah. two tra- two trailer cliches with this one, which I thought was interesting. Changed it to a minor key. Yeah. Yeah, minor key makes everything better. I love minor Makes everything minor spooky. Keys. Everything's spooky. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, but... The, it, like, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to say on this trailer other than that I you know I'm curious to see if it's any good I don't know if this movie will be any good I feel like I should just go watch the original one and leave it at that um based on this but but no it was an interestingly cut trailer and I'm definitely here for like I didn't what I liked about this is that the so there clearly seems to be this one young girl who's the leader of these kids that's kind of the vibe you get I think um I didn't get, like, she didn't annoy me. Her, like, she didn't, her presence didn't piss me off. She didn't rub me the wrong way. And sometimes, because sometimes you can have, like, when they're really trying to drive a certain type of antagonist and of peace, like, sometimes they can just cross the line from endearing the audience to them to actually just making them downright, as Fulia says, annoying. Um, and I didn't get that. So that kind of gives me a little bit of hope, maybe. Um for this like I was actually kind of you know almost rooting for the kids for some reason watching this trailer (laughs) I have no idea what the adults have done or haven't done uh, to deserve to be you know slaughtered in this way but uh, but there was because there's this there was this one brief shot amongst all the the cuts of this this same young girl and she's got this big smile on her face but it wasn't like a I'm evil and sinister kind of grin it was like a gleeful Yes, we're we're doing what we came to do. We're accomplishing it. Like she she believes what she's doing is right. So whether or not she's corrupted by whatever this being is or creature is, I don't know. But I didn't really. Yeah, I got what I got from her gives me you know hope for this movie. That's but that apart from that, everything else was just like okay, this is going to be an average uh, horror remake um, for me. I think. But, uh, but yeah, I am intrigued. I, I'm definitely, yeah, not going to deny that I am intrigued by this. Um, Mike, what, what did you think of this trailer? Um, as I said, I, I, I kind of like the fact that they hearken back to narration 
for for a trailer and mm. and yeah as you said the sort of mesh between uh, modern trailers and 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 bygone era trailers mm-hmm. um good little good little capsule and also uh the original f- film uh well the original 80 film is definitely sort of a a B movie like it, yeah it's not to be taken seriously it's it's it is what it says on the tin um uh a bunch of bunch of kids uh kill kill the adults because of dot 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 and yeah and this new couple comes in uh driving on the highway as it and just stop uh for for reasons and they fall into this um in this scenario very plain and simple and they have to ta- tackle the 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 evil that, that that's uh that it is and i'm not expecting like anything big or new or anything like that but they have changed uh the leader from uh a little boy to a little girl and that's one of the changes as well as making it mm. in modern modern day yeah so there's going to be subtle differences but but uh yeah and it looks very interesting um mm. i'm not expecting much like i'm not i'm not like a huge fan of the original so so okay. watching this, it will just say, "Oh, that's a an interesting uh, adaptation of what the original thing was." Because I think it was a novella from someone. I can't remember. Stephen King. Yeah, it must have been Stephen King, but I yeah. think it was called something else. Okay. Uh, something like that. Let me Google lot, it. Oh, Stephen King nowadays. No. More Stephen King. <laughs> More Stephen. King all the yeah. goddamn time. So um, oh, uh, okay. It okay. was a, it was originally a short story. Um, there we go. By Stephen King, first published in March of 1977 um, in Penthouse magazine, oh. uh, and it was later collected in his a 1978 collection called Night Shift. That's why um, I've actually got that book. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's called Children of the Corn, but it's, yeah, it's a part of a, a collection of short stories. Yeah. Uh, I, called, called Night Shift. Mm, and I can't... So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. There you go. So when is this um, going to be released, Kendall? Well, no no Australian date for this one, um, but in the US it's coming out on the 21st of March. Very, very soon. Yes, quite soon. We've got a month to go for that one. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, we haven't done one of these in a while because uh, reasons, I suppose. But it is now time for a cool wiki review. Quickie review. So, uh, of course you know, on this podcast. We like to talk about Marvel, don't we? Um, a lot. Just a, a lot. lot. Just a lot of Marvel. Um, and, of course, this week um, is no exception because Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania dropped in theatres 
and both Mike and I have had the chance to watch it. So has Fulia. Um, she's given us her spoiler-free uh, spoiler thoughts, um, which we will do. There will not be spoilers because the movie only just came out. So we may, we may, we may not do a spoiler chat down the line. Um, but, um, but for our spoiler-free thoughts, um, here we go. Fulia says... I uh, I don't know what to say. Hmm. It was a it was a good film, but the story wasn't very coherent. Also, this was CGI the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not as fun as the last two Ant Man films. Yeah, I get it. There's a new threat now to the universe, but even the battle against Kang wasn't that exciting. This is a leave your brain at the door popcorn movie. Oh, How shit. dare you! <laughs> like I said, it was fine, but didn't really meet the hype that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you, Folia. Well said. Um, I need to see this movie again because I was also disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very disappointed in this. Uh, yeah, me, right? I am like, you know... I am the MCU's hype woman, um, <laughs> and I can't even get behind this. Um, it's just, look, the the good things about this movie, look, I enjoyed it for what it was. There are a lot of fun moments. There are a lot of cool moments visually. Uh, CGI that will age poorly aside, uh, it's visually really nice to look at, um, and uh, and that's, that's fine. Um, Kang was excellent. Jonathan Majors crushed it. I mean, that's a given at this point. He is just a phenomenal performer. Um, uh, but even then, I actually preferred He Who Remains. I preferred the way Loki did did Kang than I in this movie, which is interesting. Um, but I feel that way. I don't know if that's my bias coming through or, or, or what. But again, I think I just need to see the movie another time to really, you know. But I did like how they connected him into the MCU, this variant of Kang that we have in this movie. Um, and I liked the red blob guy. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but he was, he was hilarious. Um, and the fact that uh, William Jackson Harper was in this movie, Cheedy from The Good Place. I, hadn't, I didn't even know he was in this. And when he showed up, I was like, hell yeah. Um, that's really cool. He, he was a nice surprise. Um, but for me... The good stuff kind of stops there. Um, this, this, this script, the story, the plot, the the dialogue, badly done. Um, there were so many cliches, like really bad cliches that I've seen done better elsewhere, and some of the dialogue just fell flat. A lot of the jokes didn't work. Um, like. It's not to, not a spoiler. Everyone knows he's in the movie. Modok's in the movie, and I like that. I believe Mike, it was your theory uh, <laughs> about his real identity. That I liked how that turned out to be true. Like that, that was really cool, and it was kind of funny how they explained it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Modok didn't exactly work for me, to be honest. Um, I actually preferred Modok in the Pat Oswalt TV show. If I had to yeah. pick. I would say I preferred that, and I di and I didn't even love that show. Like I enjoyed that show, but I didn't love it. Um, so that was another disappointing f factor. And just 
yeah, I don't know. You kind of felt the absence of uh, a lot of the joy from the first two movies. Like, this movie was advertised as being a bit darker and being a bit heavier, and, and, and that's fine. It makes sense. As Fulia said, you know, we're dealing with a, a, big, a, a big villain like Kang. We're setting up for the Kang dynasty. We're setting up for secret wars. Like, it's, it's, this is the beginning. This is supposed to be the beginning of what's to come, which is teased very nicely in certain parts. But I just, it just fell flat. Um, and I missed, I missed, um, Michael Pena's, uh, narration, <laughs> that mm. gag, the fact they didn't even have that, like none of his buddies are in this. That's not a spoiler either that we, we already knew that was going to be a thing. Um, yeah. And I, I can't really say anything else. Bill Murray was good, I should say. Um, but I can't really say anything else about his character without spoiling things. So, but I enjoyed his, his, his time on screen. Um, yeah. So I just, I just expected a bit more and I'm going to have to, that's why I kind of hinted at when I was doing the Guardians trailer that, uh, I need to manage my expectations because the movies have been, yeah, they haven't been as good in <laughs> the last year. I keep getting disappointed. Wakanda forever, uh, the exception to the rule. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what's going on, but they, they need a new, they need new writers or something. I don't know. I look, I honestly don't think Guardians Volume 3 is in any risk of being as mishandled as this movie, but, um, who knows? Um, and then uh, before I throw it in, Mike, I will just say when I saw the second post credit scene, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I almost wanted to take back everything I said about the movie because <laughs> I lost my effing mind and I won't say what the second post credit scene is, but if you know, you know, and you know why I lost my shit. So yeah, that was fantastic. But anyway, um, yes, I'm managing expectations going forward. That's my, that's my plan. That's what I've learned. That's my takeaway from quantum mania. Don't get excited <laughs> for Marvel movies anymore. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, I really hope Mike enjoys this movie more than I do. Please tell me, do you agree with full ear and I, or are you more, a bit more optimistic about this film and we're being a bit too harsh? What do you, what do you think? Well, your opinion is your opinion. Um, True. Uh, I think I probably liked it more than you two. Okay, uh, that's good. Like it definitely felt different. That it didn't feel like an Ant Man movie. It definitely it no. felt to me like a Marvel special uh, special presentation sort of thing, like mm. its own standalone thing, and. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely it, it's definitely the most sci-fi that I've seen in Marvel really uh, like all the concepts of it is it's definitely a thousand uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea and and fantastic voyage and and all these different concepts of pretty much the whole movie is within the quantum realm yeah and that it's it's pretty ballsy to get a modern audience to say, hey, you, you know about this stuff. We're going to put in an entire story within this thing and introduce you to uh, the big bad and and everything that comes from there. Um, I kind of like the Murdoch 
uh, the Murdoch, the the Modoc sort of take that they were sort of having, because every time he was on screen, I was laughing my ass off, because because <laughs> Modoc, the the design for Modoc, is stupid and bizarre and absolutely nonsensical, and that's what this sort of creatures that you see within the quantum realm are like you got a giant broccoli guy and you got a <laughs> red dude that's basically the babel fish from guardian of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah where <laughs> and and all these different concepts including one that's it's basically an episode of rick and morty where they they do they delve into the the um the causality of um different uh oh what's what's the word uh the uncertainty of your of your own actions and how mm. you sort of split apart and that sort of thing within this in this thing and you sort of see you, you see that in the trailer so i'm not really um you see multiple yeah. versions of yourselves and mm-hmm. and everything like that and that's why i don't think stuff happens at the end like the way it does um and then just the the book, I I really enjoyed the bookends of uh, the movie as well, where mm-hmm. it sort of started and ended roughly the same way, but with a different tonal key change, sort of thing. And I really like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just very very scientifically like thinky and and just just bizarre. It's it's. Dealing with concepts that that are pretty to a modern audience, and I, I kind of like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. In a weird way, I like this more than the second Ant Man. Oh. Which is, mm, I like. Yeah, I like the fact that the the emotional take for this is the Pym family, and mm. and with Mum with mum, dad, and daughter sort of having that relationship more expanded. but And that sort of has the same with uh, Cassie and with Scott as well uh, mm. of their relationship and how they're going and how they tackle like their new relationship now, because we, uh, we haven't seen them in this, in this new five years late, later on down the track. And mm. yeah, I, I probably got a little bit more out of it than, than most, but and Jonathan Majors is fucking badass, oh, and yeah. and such a role to actually do where you can have like multiple versions of one character is just like a godsend to an actor. Yeah, <laughs> that you can actually like delve into like it's the same character but tweaked ever so slightly, and you can definitely see the subtle differences between the the he who remains as well as. Kang the Conqueror mm. as well, mm-hmm. and post-credit scene as well, um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I I I kind of like this one. Um, I can see I I can definitely see like Marvel sort of testing the waters of diff- different things, uh, and su- some are good, some are bad, and su- some don't really make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, kind of like this one and the and just having a cameo from Bill Murray as well just playing Bill Murray I mean you get what you get 
<laughs> I don't know why, why I expected I think... him to stick around longer, but yeah. yeah. That's why that's why I think this is more of a, a Marvel special presentation than, than an actual movie. Yeah. In a weird no, way. I, I, no, I, that really makes a lot of sense because it really does kind of feel like similar to like the Guardians Holiday special where, you know, it's it, it starts on nowhere and then you've got, you know, almost not, um, not immediately, but almost immediately Drax and Mantis going to Earth and then the bulk of it takes place on Earth, right? You know, and then it mm. is bookend, bookended by nowhere again. So, and it feels because it's so it's so different from what you're used to seeing like mm. ant-man is earth is earth-based like even though ant-man deals with the quantum realm um you know it's 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 still earth-based you know um and the the villains are more the street level villains so it it is a huge kind of a fish out of water jump to make to go from the last two to this one um so i like the fact that you've kind of reconciled it as it feels more like a special presentation as opposed to a a third ant-man film um <laughs> i think that i think reframing that recontextualizing it in that way that definitely helps it um so that's the thank you <laughs> 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 um yeah i'm gonna try and go see it again this week hopefully um and see if my opinion changes because i i it's not that i don't want to like it i just i don't know i think the writer and me came out and got angry i don't know bit, bit of a shock <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know like you're but you are right there are a lot of really fantastical scientific concepts that are explored in the movie and they do do those parts of it really well um i should give it that and i absolutely loved what what they did with um Trying not to spoil it, but uh, Chekhov's uh, <laughs> Chekhov's ant farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just that was cool. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, and that that that's, that's the reason cool, yeah. why I, I do enjoy Rick and Morty and that their sort of takes. As well, as well as like uh, Douglas Adams and, and and all those sort of weird concepts that said, oh, okay, let's let's do that then. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just it just tickled me. It's like yeah. <laughs> and that third <laughs> act is like, it's weird, bizarre, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awesome. All right. Well, maybe I wrote the movie off too soon. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, it, it takes a while to to, to look at stuff. Like, it does. I, can, you, I yeah. can definitely see like a lot of people like sort of stepping back as like that's what we're really doing with Modoc. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Oh boy. Um. Yes. All right, well, that might do it for our quickie review of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, yeah, mm. I, I'm glad message. you had a different opinion to me. Yeah, the message you take from, uh, take from, the, from the movie, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't like that moment anyway. Uh, that ending for the character was a bit weird. Yeah, I, I have to admit, it was like, um, 
the bad guy where's the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't oh, think he's taken care of <laughs> no I don't I think he's still I think he's still there guys you might want to do something about it um, anyway it's fine go watch it if you you know you'll get something out of it regardless if if you you know if you're a Marvel fan so um, yeah um, cool so that means now of course it's time for the moment what? oh the segment the section yeah. the oh. part the place time? the spot okay <laughs> in the <Drink> show mmm <laughs> mm. that we like to call <gasps> popcorn culture yes popcorn culture it's popcorn culture time which means tis, we are tis. here we are mm-hmm. here to discuss oh. our thoughts on uh, the latest episode of The Bad Batch, uh, which is episode nine, The Crossing. Um, cool. Episode so, nine. Nine. Episode nine. Um, let's go through Fulia's uh, review and kind of expand from there. Um, so Fulia says, this episode was good. No, it had wasn't. a bit of heart. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> You're just being a contrarian. Um, this episode was good. Had a bit of heart to it following the exit of Echo. Omega isn't dealing with it well. And after the Marauder is stolen, it's plain to see that she doesn't like change. Um, I'm disliking Sid more and more after the way she abruptly ends an SOS call from the batch. It's so clear that she's just using the team for her own benefit. I have a feeling the Banch will be finding their own way back, and they might actually find the Marauder and the Thief. I have some thoughts on the Thief, but I don't think my theory is correct. My gut says it's Ezra from Rebels. Ooh. Uh, but I think it might just be a random character we will meet in Episode 10. Lastly, I did enjoy seeing Tech and Omega build on their relationship. The D&M conversation they had showed us that everyone processes uh, emotions differently. Mmm. Um, well said, Fulia. Very well said. Um, cool. So maybe we'll just kind of unpack. I'll give my overall thoughts and then I'll go to you, Mike, for your overall thoughts. And then we'll just yeah. kind of maybe I'll use Fulia's thing as a guide. Yes, go. Yeah. I'll just say Ezra, it, it, it wouldn't be Ezra because he's not born yet. Oh, this is too early for, for Ezra. Yeah. Okay. He's even Could- not born yet or he's just a little baby. A little baby. Little so- baby Ezra. Little baby Ezra. So, um, Rebels takes place after Return of the Jedi, is that right? Uh, no, it takes place before New Hope. Because it's about the building of the, um, the Re- uh, Rebel Alliance. Oh, so like, it's around... In that so it's slightly So it's slightly after Bad Batch. Because yeah, Bad Batch is... Yeah. Bad Batch is obviously the immediate... F- the immediate aftermath of Order sixty six. So, yeah. So you're so you're saying that Rebels kind of takes place closer to like the Rogue One end of things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Except for this um, new Ahsoka uh, series will will take place after Return well, of the Jedi. Rebels. So it would be after. Yeah, yeah. Because they do like a, a time jump at the end of the last episode of after Return of the Jedi. So, oh. roughly where uh, Mandalorian is. Yes. The Ahsoka. Yes. 
time. Thank you. Time. Thank you for context. I appreciate that very much. Um, Yeah, I agree with Fulia. This was a good episode. I I actually really liked it. Um, I was concerned with certain parts of it, but not as much as usual. Um, I thought this was like a nice, like, not even really, I wouldn't even want to call this a filler episode or a bottle episode because we're the the plot of the show is kind of you know front and center like it may not be like for me for me it feels like the a plot is sort of just the framework of the b plot like the b plot was where it was at the stuff with Mm. omega and tech um and uh, and just omega's general you know well-being um and how she's feeling um that i really liked how that kind of took center stage in this one um so that was really really awesome um but yeah just like i suppose my only criticism would be like the fact that you know they've been sent on another mission by sid and that's gone haywire like that just seems to start to be like that's the basic mission statement of it and formula correct of every episode well not every episode outside of like the ones that we saw last week for example um where that's just all focusing on what's going on with the clones themselves but yeah every other episode is like sid sent them somewhere shit goes haywire now what do we do um but i did kind of like how this episode addressed that as well and as we talk about it i think we'll get into that but um but mike what did you think of this overall yeah, it was. Um, it started out as like another episode, like straight after a very good double episode. And mm-hmm. spoiler, spoiler alert: this is like a two-parter episode, first part of a two-parter. And yeah, definitely. It, it it was definitely leading towards like something is like okay, we we'll probably have to bear this episode until we get to the next one. But no, it mm. actually was um, uh, a a good epilogue for the previous episode with the um the uh what you may call it the separation of family and how each of the um members of the bad batch are sort of taking it and you can definitely mm. see there's a different um vibe that they've had and they're a bit more bickery and there's something a bit off and and definitely with Omega, because the, the, essentially the Bad Batch is her family that she that she has attached herself to. Because otherwise, everything before that was just being on Camino and just being out of out of sight, out of mind sort sort of person. And she's mm-hmm. definitely having this sort of kingship with her brothers, and she's very protective of this family unit. And now one of them is gone. Mm. And she is sort of searching within herself, and she is—it definitely is a sort of coming of age, and and the emotional, um, uh, the emotional um, uh, uh, maturity that she's slowly trying to uh, teach herself. Is sort of getting there, so it will be a. Mm. It would have been an episode that was like re- really stupid, of just oh the char- characters are sad because one member is gone, but they sort of delved right into it and how they they are vocalizing their sort of they're, they're pretty much in a grief with within each other, especially with Tech, who's more uh, analytical and more more 
yeah, un, unabashedly non-emotional, and you got mm. and you got um, uh, Omega, uh, Omega, one of them, is uh, is a child basically, and she is learning about the the world that she is inhabiting. So it definitely has uh, uh, a good character sort of deba- development for both of them and how they're sort of paired up and mm. yeah it was def- definitely a good e- episode for like for children to actually deal with so- something yeah. similar it's like yeah and and I'm seeing it as as a father and I'm I'm also seeing it as um as a good bit of media for for kids so I for sure I don't de- I definitely there, there are episodes within the second season that uh, like yeah, it's okay. It's a bit of fun, uh, but but this one being more emotionally uh, mature than than most, it's definitely it's definitely going to be up there with with uh, a rewatch. It's like yeah, it, this is the sort of cards that they're sort of dealing with, and then it leads up to next week. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. Well. Yeah. Very well said. Um. Yeah, well, I suppose we could pro- I, I might just continue on from that because I just, yeah, I really, really loved the stuff with Omega and Echo and uh, and all of that. I even kind of took, like, the scene towards the end where, you know, Omega's trying to understand um, where Tech's coming from, like, you know, to her, she, she thinks, you know, he doesn't care about what's going on, about the fact that Echo's gone and about the, sh- the fact that the ship's gone because, you know, he just has a different way of thinking. And I just love how he, like, you know, expresses that to her by just, you know, saying that, you know, he, pro- he like, outright just says, I process emotions and thoughts differently, but it doesn't mean I feel it mm. any less. Um, and I really like that. And it even kind of made me think of, like, because, like, that's kind of my understanding of you know someone that's on the spectrum is kind of like that like they have yeah. this they have a different way of their brain works differently so so te- so the way tech is ex- like you know is just is because that's just what he was born and bred to be you know he's this defective clone that's super smart um but yeah doesn't display emotion the way the rest of the batch do um and i kind of like how he's become this model of of I guess you know someone that's on the spectrum mm. I think that, An that just doesn't yeah uh, definitely mm. like some An allegory and like for for um for autism and all that yeah absolutely so when you're saying deal. yeah so when you're saying like about how like this is a really good episode for kids to watch I mean especially because you know compared to when we were growing up um there is so much more understanding and compassion around autism and around, you know, yeah. uh, someone with, uh, you know, Asperger's or, um, or any kind of autism or someone that's just on the spectrum on any kind of scale. Um, you know, it's really good for this episode to exist for a bunch of Star Wars fans and kids that are going to see this and go, I can, maybe I, I relate to that, you know, maybe. Yeah. Or, or I have a or friend for, who's like that. Exactly. And it's going to show them that that you know this is this is normal like this is something yeah. that's just it happens within our world it's like i said way earlier you know it's 
the sci-fi reflecting our world back at us. Like, um, it's just, I just think it was really important and really special for them to actually take the time and, and especially because on top of the way that the show this season has, as we've been, you know, raving about, one of the really cool things they've done so far is go deeper into um, Tech's character um, and, you know, actually give him some development like we saw it in episode one and now we're in episode nine and we're actually getting these conversations and you see how hesitant he is, how unsure of himself he is around Omega, like even when, you know, he gets told by Hunter essentially, you need to go fix that. You need to go talk to her because you've up, you know, you've upset her. Like he didn't mean to upset her. He's like, I, he even says, I was just telling her the facts, you know, but he doesn't have that ability to understand that that could offend someone. Um, yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't process the information in the same way that we all do about, oh, okay, maybe we need to kind of step on eggshells a bit to kind of, you know, you know, get the thing across um so i just yeah so i just really love what they've done with tech in this season and the fact this for me feels like a huge turning point and a huge sort of culmination of what they've been building and to your point too as well mike with the same with omega like she's i like the fact that you use the term emotional maturity because that's she really felt older um, mm. Like we know, there's a time. There was a time jump between, obviously, the first second seasons. Um, but this is the first time for me when I think it's really kicked in that. Oh, okay. I, she's she's a teenager. She's becoming a teenager. She's going through all of these, you know, feelings that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't know what to do with or how to process them or deal with them. So again, like Omega and Tech, kind of being this sort of balancing act for each other about both of them kind of struggling to handle what's going on and both dealing with it in their own ways and then them clashing. Um, and then just the whole, the batch in general, they were all bickering with each other this week, which is something we haven't really seen before. They were all I mean, they do it. bicker, but not like this. Not like this. No, they were all crabby at each other. Um, but yeah, I really like the fact that, you know, like from minute one, you could tell that Omega was sad about Echo leaving, mm. um, and they and they just they leaned into it and they went with it and they didn't shy away from it. They didn't. No one made light of it, I, which I need to commend them for as well. Because you know how sometimes in kid in kid shows or just in media in general, like uh, you know, some a, a kid's emotions about something like this could just get be completely overridden and you know turned into. The butt of a joke, sort of thing. But yeah. here they took it. They took it super seriously, and to me, it really proves that, like, you know, the batch. No, we know we know that they see Omega as, you know, their sister and one of them. But it, for me, it kind of just cemented that feeling of like they are all equals, especially mm. because especially because they left her with Rekka to help, you know, look out, like. There was no like obviously there was a moment of like well we can't we're not going to leave you by yourself to to look out that's just that's just stupid, but like still she's she's one of them, um and but it's and the, but even though in those scenes of like when Omega's you know try like they end up getting her to try and mine the the Ipsium out uh, of the rock and she's you know she gets a bit moody she's a bit like you 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 guys don't you know. 
believe I can do this sort of thing or you're telling yeah. me what to do. I Like, I know what I'm doing, but that's because of how she's feeling about Echo. So it's just, yeah, this whole episode, the way they kind of explored all of these feelings and emotions and, and these, these sci-fi characters dealing with them, it was just awesome. Um, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really, really good. Um, yeah, but... I am curious as to where the story is going to go with now, like, you know, they've lost their ship um, and who this character that stole it was. Um, Fulia has her theory, which you've debunked, Mike, but what do you have any thoughts about where this story might be going and who might be behind the, the thievery? Mm. It could be many things. It could be just a random person mm. that is stuck on this. Uh, planet and is just waiting for the opt out or someone that we know or uh, it was a setup to fail and it and it could be something a bit more sinister that Sid was mm. um, I don't know well because that would thing. explain yeah because that would because that, w- that would explain what Fulia was alluding to about you know how how she got off the call with them very abruptly. Um, mm. So that could also... And her hesitancy to help them as well. Um, so, yeah. No, you. yeah, I think you could be right. It might have something to do with Sid. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm not really siding with either. It could be anything. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But it's probably something to do with Sid, maybe. Or yeah. she, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tricky thing. I I have no ideas. Yeah, well, I did like I just on Sid. I mean, I did like how they kind of referenced, you know, the previous episodes when you know the batch of come through for her and she owes them. So they kind of called her on that, uh, which I thought was really good. Um, mm. uh, like, thank God, they just stood up for themselves. Like, no, 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 you sent us here, and we're stranded. We, you, if you want, you want your ipsium. You need to get off your ass and do something about it. And the fact that she was like, "It'll take me a few days," I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" That's a bit, uh, a bit much. Um, but yeah, um, find yeah, someone so willing. Mm. Yes, sus happenings, sus, sus happenings with Sid. But the other, the other cool thing about the development in this episode of the characters was the fact that, like, you know, not only did Tech come around to Omega's way of thinking in terms of expressing your emotions, I mean, and acknowledging that that's an okay thing to do, we also had Omega come around to Tech's way of thinking of, well, there's no point. In getting emotional out of all this because that's where like the the whole soldier mentality comes comes in like he even says at one point um that that's what soldiers do we move on we don't get yeah. bogged down in all the loss because if you do that just like in the real world if you do that you're not going to function you know you're not no. going to be able to live at all Time and a place. so yeah so i really like the fact that he taught omega that so by the end of the episode when they're kind of stranded in this abandoned uh, place that, that basically they're just, you know, Omega's just like, you know, well, they're like, what are we, what are we going to do? We, we don't have enough rations to last us. And then 
Um, yeah, and then Omega just mimics Tech's line and just says, we'll figure it out, just like we always do. Mm. Um, so, again, I just, I thought that was really nice. This episode was really well written. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I also got to say, I like the fact of, um, uh, you know, I can't, this, the episode set up, like I talked before about how we're getting these similar setups. I liked kind of how it misdirected in a way of like, because, you know, they go on about how this Ipsium mineral is, like, highly explosive. And that obviously, you know, Chekhov's gun, that's going to go off at some point. But how that's going to go off, we don't know. But I kind of thought, okay, that's going to be the episode. We're going to, it's going to be trying to get in the struggle to actually get this. But the fact that they were able to not easily extract it, but, like, because you could feel the tension in the room as they were trying to do it, but... I, when they did it and I was like oh they've got it oh and now they're outside oh okay I thought that was going to be the episode so I was really pleased that they didn't just do that and that was it you know even the threat of the storm lingering didn't like because I was like oh, okay there's a storm coming but then they're like oh no it's not going to come our way we're fine um, I thought the storm was going to you know clash with them trying to extract the, the mineral out and then that didn't happen so yeah so this was a uh, this is cool hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really have much more to say. I don't think than that. Um, like again, the visuals in this episode were great. Oh, the music! I gotta say, I don't know about you, Mike, but when it started, I thought I, I was like, is this an episode of The Last of Us somehow? Because they had that same acoustic kind of music, acoustic guitar sort of style going on mm. um, as one of the the main themes in this episode. And it felt very Last of Us, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any... Bad. <laughs> oh, Breaking Bad too. Yeah, actually. Good call. Um, did you have any thoughts on the, 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 the technical side of the episode, the visuals, the soundtrack, any of that? Um, it definitely um, was wasn't it didn't feel like a bottled episode but no. but technically it sort of is because it all takes place in mm. one one area and it's just closed off they essentially rockfall so they need to yeah. like, hunker down and deal with their own shit so technically it was a bit of a, a bottled episode but it was that sort of um uh, character dri- driven within within the thing where it, it it wasn't really the big spectacle of like like dog fights in the air or anything like that it was just it just mellow and then and then yeah and just the the lighting as well the way that they mm. did the thing with with the um unatanium uh within the walls yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i like that yeah and yeah it was cool and just yeah, it's just the visuals of it, and it's just it just and being in a cave where you're 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 alone with your thoughts, it definitely enhanced the sort of uh, spectacle that they actually ha- had within themselves of be- being emotionally damaged of their current mm-hmm. situation. It definitely helped mm-hmm. there that they're in a they're in a cave with no no way out really. So yeah, their surroundings right. are. are are there are there thoughts, and then yeah, 
it, yeah, and it definitely does look very interesting. Like, we've seen a lot of, like, desert planets and all, all that, and you, and it definitely has that familiarity of the real world, so... Yeah, it, it, it was a... It was a simplistic uh, technical, uh, technical achievement, but mm. it, it was... It, it was simple and just an an easy watch, but an emotional yeah. roller coaster at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Bef- before we wrap up, I just ha- had to comment on the the fact that this episode also made me think of The Lion King because <laughs> we had that stampede <laughs> <laughs> that 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 happened, and yeah, um, I thought that was kind of amusing that whole sequence it felt kind mm. of felt like two 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 elements of disney colliding but um but yeah that was i kind of liked how they kind of like the you know even though the ipsium sort of was this MacGuffin, i suppose but i i did like how it caused conflict between wrecker and tech like that kind of yeah bickering that we saw between them we had again like we said we haven't really seen it on that kind of a level um, where they were both so frustrated each, at each other um, over whose fault whatever was. And, you know, because technically, you know, because Rekka, Rekka was the lookout. So, but then I I don't know if you could see anything, Mike, but from, from where the vantage point of where the mine, like Sid's mine was, you couldn't see the ship from there, could you? No. Or am I... Because it looked like it was off to the side sort of like there was a cliff face in the way i think but unless it just blended into the the background of the shots that they had in the episode i don't know maybe i didn't i didn't really notice it sorry so yeah no that's no that's okay yeah like i don't think Mm. i honestly don't think it was there um even if it wasn't it was definitely not glaring so no no it was sneaky little detail indeed Indeed. Um, all right, well, I don't really have a whole lot left to say. Is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I was... What was it? I was going to mention something about um, when you were talk- talking about how, uh, as a childhood, our childhood, we, we didn't really have these sort of emotional episodes and the, um, the uh, representation of near-divergent characters... And if they mm. were, they were basically the butt of the joke, and you can sort of see that up to like, like uh, the Big Bang Theory with Sheldon, mm. where, where the main joke was he he's he's socially inept, ha ha, and then and then five and then five uh, years later, yeah, that was kind of a dick move. We need we need to do better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I I kind of like the new age storytelling. It's definitely definitely opened up to more more representation as well as storytelling. Hundred mm. percent. I suppose that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, ten out of ten, uh, best TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was good. I am looking forward to um, the yeah the very obvious part two to this next week. Um, yeah, because obviously, you know, they, they're going to get the Marauder back. Like, they, they didn't do that for no reason. Um, you know, they, I feel like they focused on the thief 
quite a bit, uh, like more than they would if it was just supposed to be someone takes it and whatever. I just, mm. I don't know. I, they're going to get the ship back. Um, don't you worry, Omega. You'll get your home back. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, when we come back. Cool. All right. Yeah. Done. Done, done, done. That was Popcorn Culture. Hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on The Bad Batch Episode 9, The Crossing. Um, stay tuned for more from us next week. Uh, but until then, I think that's the show. Yeah, that's it. We're, that's it. We're done. We're out. Cool. Get out of here. Um, get out of here. Ready? And, and that, that was a was a podcast. Podcast. Cold Fred. Fred. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head on over to youtube.com slash Productions. Or if you're watching now, you can subscribe and ring the bell icon. Or if you're on Twitch, give us a little follow. We'll never disappoint. Unless we do, then I'm sincerely sorry. (laughs) Yes, profound apologies in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I've been the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Lister. The emotionally damaged Michael Lister. There you go. Yes. (laughs) And And you've just just experienced experienced a podcast called called Fred. Fred. Yes. Remember to eat beef. Remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and Kang is not dead. I repeat, not dead. <laughs> spoilers, I reckon. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching Later's Gators. Look after yourself and your mental health. And... And... See...